Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey ladies, welcome back. I hope that you are doing well and that you've had a fantastic week. I'm excited to be uh, back in the chair again, sitting in front of this microphone, like I said last week. But wow, as you can tell by the title of this week's episode, Why Should I Care About Israel? It's been quite a week around the world, hasn't it? This week's episode is probably going to be a little bit different than maybe what you're used to here on the She Connects podcast, but I just really felt just a deep conviction to explain the best I can in 30 minutes of our time here together in the online space what is going on. I have been receiving uh, several questions asking, Susan, is this something that I should be worried about? Can you help me better understand this? I feel afraid and I'm confused. And and I, I just, I feel like God wants his people to be at peace. I don't, I don't feel like the Lord wants any of us to be people who are paralyzed by fear and anxious and being up during the night, pacing the floors. That's just not his heart for us. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to address it the best I can, like I said, in the 30 minutes that you and I have here this week. Because we have a wide range of listeners from around the world, I'm not sure how well versed everyone is in Bible prophecy. Because the war in Israel is such a significant event, I thought I would be remiss if I didn't address it. What we are watching from the comfort of our homes is Bible prophecy unfolding in our lifetime. And the reason I feel so convicted to explain how you should view the world right now is because one, I believe the word of God. What we are seeing can be found in the Bible. We can open up our Bibles and we can see all of these things that are taking place they're in the Bible. They were written in the Bible thousands of years ago, and we are living in in the times that the Old Testament prophets prophesied would be happening. Number two, God in his wisdom wanted his people to be prepared and to know what to expect. So when the things he spoke of begin to happen, we wouldn't be given to fear. Bible prophecy is meant to inform and prepare us, not frighten us. Let me repeat that because I, I really feel like God wants, wants that to be really um, just firmly established in your heart. Bible prophecy is meant to inform and prepare you, not to frighten you. 
And I know that sometimes when we read things in our Bible, we we think, oh man, that just sounds really scary and I don't understand it. It sounds kind of confusing and complicated. And oh my goodness, the world is just feels so chaotic and it's just spinning out of control. And and we we begin to feel paralyzed with fear. And that is not God's heart for you. Number three. I wholeheartedly believe we are living in the latter times Jesus spoke of in Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, where he said, these will be the clear signs that you will know I am coming back. When you see these things happening, look up for your redemption is drawing nigh. In other words, I'm coming. I'm coming for the rapture of the church, wars and rumors of wars nation rising against nation, lawlessness, pestilences, natural disasters, and deception. And friend, we are there right now. We are there right now. And I think I even mentioned in last week's episode, I've mentioned it, I don't know, numerous times, but it just really bears repeating in the spirit I can hear the footsteps of Jesus coming across heaven's floor. He's coming back. I mean, there has been enough Bible prophecy fulfilled. The boxes checked, if you will. He could come at any moment. He could come while I am recording this episode. He could come while you are listening to this week's episode. That's how near we are to the Lord's return. Before we go any further, I want to say I'm not someone given to sensationalism, nor do I operate in fear. I believe people who are spiritual leaders ought to be informing people so that they are prepared and not paralyzed by fear when these things happen. And I'm going to be just really pretty honest here. I've been a little disappointed, in all honesty, at the lack of spiritual leaders and the church addressing this and mentioning it, you know, even just offering some dedicated time set apart to pray for the nation of Israel and what is happening in the world. A lot of leaders in the faith community, they've just been completely silent. And I, I, I'm so disappointed in that because I think Again, this is my own personal opinion. I think that that only adds to people feeling fearful and confused and anxious because we're not as faith faith leaders in the faith community helping to prepare people and teaching these things from the Bible. And so people are are feeling afraid and they're they're confused and they feel anxious because we're so focused on these other things when I mean, Bible prophecy, like I said, is being fulfilled right before our eyes. Many people, because of Bible illiteracy, don't understand the importance of Israel. It's not just another Middle Eastern nation. This war is so much more than the narrative that's out there. That's just how the Middle East is. You know, people are always fighting. And hasn't Israel been in a war before? And hasn't there been rockets aimed at at Israel before? And hasn't Israel actually attacked people groups and nations? And I mean, isn't that just the way it is over there? And if people knew their Bible, they would know the importance of a small country the size of New Jersey named Israel. 
Israel is the size uh, of New Jersey here in the States. So it is it is a very small country. And when you zoom out on an international map, like a global map, and you begin to see how small the, the nation of Israel is in comparison to the nations that surround Israel, they are there because of the sovereign hand of God. That is why they are still there. They are the only Jewish nation on the face of the planet. It's, it is highly important nation in the eyes of God. The Bible says they are God's chosen people. Some teach that the church, capital C church, like the global church, has replaced Israel in that manner, but that is actually false doctrine. By God's grace, we have been what the Bible says grafted in. So in other words, the Jewish people, they are God's chosen people. But you and I, those of us that don't have Jewish uh, blood in us, we are considered what the Bible says as Gentiles. And, and I believe it's the book of Romans tells us that we have been grafted in. So they are God's chosen people. And that doctrine that's out there, I don't have time to get into that, but there is there is a lot of teaching out there because you know the the nation of Israel has has not recognized Jesus as the Messiah and they're still waiting for their Messiah when Jesus was walking the earth they denied him and they didn't recognize him they didn't believe that he was the Messiah that had been prophesied and and so there is there is a, a teaching out there that because of that that the church has replaced the nation of Israel in God's eye. And that is a false doctrine. And that is a very dangerous, a dangerous teaching. So when Jesus talks about deception in the latter days, that deception will be at an all time high, that is deception right there. I mean, just very black and white. There is no gray. There is no sugarcoating that. That is a false teaching, a false doctrine. God takes it very seriously when people, leaders, nations, and the like choose to be dismissive, divisive, or curse Israel. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3 reads, I, and this is God speaking, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. God takes this so seriously that if anyone is against Israel, they are actually against God himself. That's how serious this is. We are told to continually pray for the peace of Jerusalem in Psalm 122, verse 6. Jerusalem is God's time clock. Everything, biblically speaking, revolves around Israel. That's why when you hear of things happening over there, we, we should sit up and we should take notice. We should pay attention. Michael, the archangel who is mentioned in the Bible, um, in both in the Old and the New Testament. In the New Testament, he's uh, for sure mentioned in the book of Jude, which is the book right before uh, Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible. But Michael, the archangel, who was a uh, who who is actually not was, but is still a high ranking angel in the Lord's army, is mentioned in the book of Daniel as the one appointed to watch over Israel. 
the enemy Michael engages in a battle with is the enemy of God's people. The conflict on earth is mirroring the one taking place in the spirit realm. In other words, there's a great spiritual battle over God's people, over the nation of Israel. So why is that? Well, number one, Satan wants to destroy Israel and the Jewish people because they are God's chosen people. And he hates anything that God loves. He is opposed and resists anything that God is for. The nation of Israel and the Jewish people, they play a major role in the second coming of Jesus. Not the rapture, but the second coming of Jesus Christ. Those are two separate events. And again, I don't have a whole lot of time to get into that. Sometimes I think I need to do an online course on the study of, of eschatology, which is the study of end times. I'll do like an in-depth study, maybe in the book of Revelation, because we're seeing those things. Some of the things that are in the book of Revelation, those things are happening right now, currently in our modern time. But the rapture is spoken of as the taking away of, of the bride of Christ, which is, which is the church, the followers of Christ. So the rapture is when the church is taken away. We are, we are taken out of here before the Antichrist comes on the scene, before the mark of the beast comes, before the battle between Gog and Magog. We're not here for that, according to the Bible. Bible, praise the Lord that we won't be. So you know what? I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, somebody. Let's not be so focused on who is the Antichrist and let's let's study and let's do an in-depth study to try to figure out who he is so that we know who he is. I'm not looking for him because I am a, a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a born-again Christian follower of Jesus Christ, spirit-filled, and I am looking for Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. The second coming is when Jesus actually steps foot again on the earth in the land of Israel. That's a whole separate, whole separate event than the rapture of the church. The war we are seeing right now isn't the war of Gog and Magog that Ezekiel prophesies is coming. So Ezekiel is a book of the Old Testament. Uh, he was a prophet, Ezekiel, and then the book of Daniel, and then even some of Jeremiah, Zechariah. Those are those are books that that talk a lot about end time prophecies, but especially Ezekiel and Daniel, and then um, the book of Revelation in the New Testament. They actually mirror one another. I mean, you you just really can't read Revelation without also looking into Ezekiel and Daniel. Because they they just really parallel one another, and uh, the Bible says that scripture scripture confirms scripture, and so um, I, I love that how God set that up. What we read in the Old Testament is confirmed in the New Testament, and there's another false teaching for you that's out there that that says we don't need the Old Testament anymore. We're we're New Testament believers, and the Old Testament isn't relevant for us anymore. We don't we don't need to study. We don't need to teach on the Old Testament. That is false. That is false because a lot of the things, like I said, that is unfolding, especially in 
Bible prophecy was given in the Old Testament. So if we want to really do an in-depth study and understand what is happening in the world right now, we need to look at the Old Testament. We we definitely need to be well-versed in both the Old and the New Testament. I do believe, even though this isn't the war of Gog and Magog that uh, the book of Ezekiel prophesies of, I do believe that it is a setup for that. In other words, the things that are unfolding now are taking us in that direction. In other words, it's it's like going in that in that direction. That's the course that we're taking. Interestingly enough, uh, so just a little bit of Bible trivia for you. In the news, you've been hearing about these terrorists who, and that's what they are, I will not um, I will not apologize for that. I unapologetically uh, called these people who attacked Israel brutally, um, committed these atrocities that are just, I mean, just just unspeakable. They're just unfathomable, un, just unimaginable. The horror that these terrorists named Hamas committed against the innocent Jew, uh, Jewish people in the land of Israel. So Hamas in Hebrew means violence. Yes. So in Hebrew, which was the, you know, the language of the people in the Old Testament, Hamas in the Hebrew language means violence. And you can trace it back to, uh, it's mentioned in Genesis, and I think it's in Numbers, and then a couple of places also in the book of Psalms. But when it's used in a verb tense, pay attention to this, it means to take by violence, rob, or destroy. Isn't that interesting? See how we need to be, we need to be Bible literate, okay? Bible literate. And there's a lot of Bible illiteracy out there right now. And it's really kind of sad. Again, I don't have time to get into that. But we we need to be teaching people the Bible so that things make sense and, and people aren't fearful and anxious and worried. So over the weekend, there were numerous rockets fired at Damascus in Syria. Why do we care about that? Again, maybe you heard that and you just kind of, eh, okay, so they're at it again and um, big deal. That's over there. I live here. You know, I don't even know about Damascus. I've never been there. I, why do I care about that? Well, we care about that because the book of Isaiah actually gives an end time prophecy concerning the city of Damascus. Isaiah chapter 17, verse 1 reads, A prophecy against Damascus. See, Damascus will no longer be a city, but will become a heap of ruins. Again, to my point earlier, if we know our Bible, we can adopt a biblical worldview and see current events through the lens of Scripture. It is said of the sons of Issachar in the Old Testament that they understood the times and knew what the people ought to do. That was written thousands of years ago, but I believe we can be people who understand the times and know what to do today in this hour that we are living in. But it's going to take some, some effort and some intentionality on my part and on your part. So you might be asking, now what? 
okay, so I understand that things are things are evolving. I'm, you know, you're kind of helping me to become uh, more aware and you're helping me to better understand current events. So how should a follower of Christ respond? Number one, we need to be people who are abiding in Christ. And I cannot stress that enough. Be intentional about your time with the Lord. Feed your faith, feed your mind, and remain in prayer. These are the things, these have to be staples. I'm, I'm just, again, I'm going to be unapologetic about that. These have to be staples in my life and in every follower of Christ in this hour that we are living in, because these are the things that are going to help you and me remain steady so that we're not tossed to and fro by the winds of adversity and the things that we're hearing. And we're not paralyzed by fear and we're not pacing the floor at night and having sleepless nights and, and just feeling anxious and gripped by these things because we're not in the word. We're not staying connected with Jesus. There is a shaking taking place and it is not over. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I am committed to being a truth teller. And so I don't say that to add fuel to the fire and to scare you, to frighten you. There is a shaking taking place and it's not over. Again, if we are if we are people who are Bible literate, we know that. That shouldn't be a surprise to you if, if, if you know the word. The Bible says that anything that can be shaken will be so that what remains is true. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you serve an unshakable kingdom. And that is some really great and encouraging and really peaceful news to, to really lay a hold of. That is a promise that you serve an unshakable kingdom. Number two, in how to respond to things as they unfold and, and the, and the uh, upcoming shakings that you're going to be seeing unfold. Be ruthless in removing anything built upon that is not a sure foundation. What do I mean by that? Anything that is aligned with this world system, its ideology, its way of responding, its behaviors, its mindsets, anything that you might be misaligned in, um, we need to be ruthless about that. We need to break those agreements and be fully and completely aligned to truth. What is truth? It's in the Bible. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's in the Gospel of John. So if we're going to know the truth, what does that mean? I go back to what I've been saying. We need to open our Bibles and make sure that we become literate in, in the truth of Scripture. So removing anything that is built upon shaky sand, that is like shifting sand. So when the winds of adversity come and they blow and the, and the, the waves of, of chaos and the waves of, of shaking and those types of things that happen, if we have built our faith upon things on this side of heaven, that things that this world says is going to bring us peace and assurance and hope and confidence, 
those things will be like shifting sand, the Bible says, because they're not built upon the sure foundation of Jesus Christ, where he is the chief cornerstone, and that is a solid, uh, a solid, sure foundation. Why? Because his kingdom is unshakable. If you are built upon him, he will keep you sure and steady. We need to be strong and deeply rooted believers. In this time that we're living in, we can't be anything but that. We just can't. We can't be anything but strong and deeply rooted believers. Get your house in order. And I don't mean that, I don't mean that in a kind of like in your face. I say that emphatically as I think about the parable that Jesus spoke of with the wedding supper and you know, like he, he went away, he was, it was a parable, the, the lamp and, you know, making sure that your lamp has oil in it and your wicks are trimmed. Well, what did, what was he saying? He was saying that the bridegroom had went away, but when he comes back, he's coming back for a prepared and ready bride of Christ, which you and I are, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, he's coming back for the, the bride of Christ. And we need to be people who are ready. So what does that mean to, to get your house in order? What that means is to make sure that you are right before the Lord. Sit with God, invite the Holy Spirit to, to just reveal anything that, that maybe you are misaligned with in, in the world so that you can break that agreement and be fully and completely aligned to Jesus Christ. I ask him to show you anything that you have built upon that is a, um, is a, as a shaky foundation that's, that's like shifting sand so that you can begin to build upon the sure foundation of, of Jesus Christ. He is coming back. And those who are of him will be taken away in the rapture. And what a glorious day that will be. And friend, I am, I'm looking for that day. I, I just, this world has nothing for me. This world is not attractive to me. This world um, has nothing that can be given to me that I can earn, that I can achieve, that will ever replace the longing in my heart for living in eternity with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't know exactly when the rapture is. The Bible tells us that no one does, but it does tell us to be people who are ready. And again, again, as we look at the things that Jesus said to look for, okay, to look for those things, enough Bible prophecy has happened for him to return. But I want to encourage you with these final words as we wrap up our time together. You are fully seen. You are fully known. Psalm 121 verse 4 assures us that God neither slumbers nor sleeps. I love that. You serve a God. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you've accepted him as your Lord and your Savior. Man, your God, he never takes a day off. He doesn't, he doesn't slough off. He's not looking for a nap. He doesn't have a bad night and can hardly wait to, to take a nap later on in the day. No, no, no. That's not your God. The, the Bible tells us that the God you serve neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's not slack. 
He's not slack. He will take care of you. He sees you. He knows you. He has you on his radar and he loves you. He is not anxious about anything in the world, nor is he caught off guard. He is in complete control. And he who created the heavens and the earth, friend, he is keeping you. He is keeping you. You might feel like just just another woman taking up space on planet earth. No, no, no. That's not who you are in Christ. That is not who you are in Christ. You matter. You have value. You have worth. You matter. Your life matters. And he sees you and he loves you. He cares deeply and he keeps you. He is keeping you today and tomorrow and your next week and next month. And um, if we're here next year, he'll still be keeping you. If you are feeling fearful, can I encourage you to sit with Jesus and bring your cares and concerns to him? He wants to know about it. He, I mean, it's not lost on him that you feel afraid, that you feel anxious, that you feel fearful, that you feel like the world is spinning out of control and I don't know what to do and how I should respond. He knows about those things, but he wants you to, to bring them to him in prayer and allow him. Um, there's this beautiful exchange that can take place. The book of, of Psalms, I believe it's Psalm 61, uh, chapter, chapter 61, verse three, uh, it's either verse two or three. It says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than me. Man, I don't know if your heart is feeling overwhelmed today, or if it begins to feel overwhelmed in the time to come sometime in the future, go to the rock that is higher than you. And he will give you this beautiful exchange. He will gladly, he wants to take that fear, that discouragement, that confusion, that sense of being perplexed. And I don't know what to do. He wants to take that from you and replace it with his peace, with his staying and keeping power in your life. As I said at the beginning, it is not his heart for you to be anxious, fearful, or worried. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 tells us. And Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 reads, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Who are we talking about here? Who is Isaiah talking about? He's talking about your God. That's who he's talking about. He's talking about the God that you serve, the God that you worship, the God that you call upon in prayer. He will keep you in perfect peace as your mind is stayed on him, as your mind is fixed upon him because you can trust him. God has a really great track record at being faithful and being trustworthy. I'm sure that that you can recall different times where he's come through for you, where he has brought the peace that you so desperately needed, where he has brought you hope when you were feeling uh, disillusioned or discouraged. What can you testify in how God has shown up, shown up in your life? He is still that same God and he did it. He did it once and he can and wants to do it again. It isn't just a one-time thing. It's not a one-time pass. 
Your God is fully trustworthy and he is faithful. He is really good at being God. God is good at being God and he has a really great track record. He's never failed and he's not about to start now. So I want to leave you with making sure that you take advantage of some of the links that I included in the show notes down below and you know in the description of this week's episode if you if you open that up you'll see some links there to Christian news outlets that will tell you the truth without any spin because here's the thing mainstream media simply doesn't give the whole picture. Mainstream media is not going to tell you the complete truth. There will be some kind of spin there, but if if you take advantage of these Christian news outlets, these links that that I'm offering to you, they not only are going to give you the truth, but they're also going to encourage you to view the the world through a biblical viewpoint. So they're going to bring in the word of God that's going to encourage your faith. These are the the people that I go to, first and foremost. These are the the ones that if I want to know something, if I really want to know what's going on, these are the resources that I turn to. So I thought that maybe you would also like to take advantage of those and, and just really begin to look at them. You'll, uh, I think that you'll really appreciate the things that they offer. So anyway, be encouraged. God sees you, he knows you, and he will take care of you. Your God neither slumbers nor sleeps. And that is some really good news. Amen. All right, take care. Have a great rest of your week and I'll catch you right back here next week. We're going to be talking about lies versus truth and who are you listening to, uh, exposing lies that the enemy is baiting you with so that you can replace them with the truth. Okay, so be sure to come right back here, same place next week. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you right back here. Same place, same time next week.